Yeah, totally. And that empowers the rest of us, right? If you can help communicate the value of design to one person that didn't get it before, then that's great for our industry, I think. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm one of your hosts, Femke. And I am your other host, Charlie. Today we're going to be talking about the value of design and how to communicate that value. I feel like design is one of those jobs that can easily be misunderstood and people think that all you're doing is, you know, filling things in different colours and arranging them on a page to make it look pretty and... Sometimes people do think it is as surface level as that. Obviously, we all, all of us listening know it's not. But yeah, today we're going to talk about how to handle those sorts of objections or judgments, I suppose, when they arise. Should be good. But first, Fem, since we didn't have a check-in at the start of last week's podcast, how have you been going with your projects and things? Good. Uh, the recent client project that I've been working on went live, which is really, really exciting. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so that's really nice. And now I'm moving on to a new project with that client, which is very fun and exciting. But it's always super cool to see something go live. And my client, she's so sweet. She, uh, you know, she sent me an email like really thanking me and I love what you did and it looks so great. Thank you so much. And it's just so nice and rewarding for clients to say that. I think yeah, it's it's a lot of the time and, and I do it too. It's easy to forget to thank someone. And so it was really, really nice to just receive that thank you email from her and, you know, gave me the warm fuzzies. So I'm feeling good this week. I uh, recently, a couple of days ago, recorded a episode for the User Defenders podcast, which was really cool. I was interviewed on there by Jason, the host of that show. And it's not out yet. It's not going out, I think, until June sometime. But uh, yeah, it was really cool to be on someone else's show. It's always a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually did that this week as well. I was on my friend Ariel's podcast. She's got a podcast called Portrait of a Freelancer, where she's you know, sort of like we're doing documenting where we are in our design journeys. She's documenting where she is on her freelancing journey because she's only recently decided that freelancing life is the way she wants to go. And so we chatted cool. about freelance and, you know, being your own boss and that sort of thing. It was really fun. And that episode is out now. So let's link that in the show yes. notes if anyone wants to go hemi chat over there. I do. So yes, please link it. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> How, how are you with the rest of your stuff, though? How are things going? You are going away soon, next week, right? Yes. Right now I'm sort of in, like, content backlog mode, I suppose, trying to get m- myself organized enough to film things so that when I'm away next week and also then for most of June, uh, I'm going to be in the States and I want to make sure that I've got all my videos recorded so that I can just do the editing from there. So that's, yeah, a lot to think about at the moment. But last night I was actually on a panel at a meetup, like a design meetup. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, and that was quite cool to talk about design because I think I said, maybe I said on the podcast, maybe I just said to you, because, you know, we're friends, (laughs) that most of the things I'm invited to speak on are about YouTube. And Mm -hmm. so it was fun to be on one talking about design. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so that was cool. How did it go? I saw a photo and it looked really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to share very much because the questions were aimed more about like how you use Webflow, who hosted the meetup, and I've not used them much before. And so, yeah, 
I, I thought it was going to be more about just general design and it ended up being mainly focused on use of Webflow. So I don't know. I feel like I didn't quite come off as my best self, if you know what I mean, because I couldn't work out how to how to put my thoughts into answering those questions. But mm-hmm. yeah, I need to get better at the thing that people do, like who appear on, um, you know, like press junkets and things like that, where they know what they want to say and then they adapt it to fit whatever the question is that's asked. That I think sounds, that's, that's the thing I need to learn. Yeah, that really sounds like a skill though and a really smart strategy. I would have no yeah. idea how to do that. <laughs> Me neither. And so, yeah, unfortunately I ended up not being able to give a lot of value, which I feel a bit bad about, but yeah, I don't know. It was fun to meet the other panelists and meet a few people at the event too. So all in all, it was good. Yeah. Cool. Cool to be on something that was design related and not YouTube related, yeah. as you said, because I know that you are very uh, strict is not the right word, but you've got a really clear focus about wanting to be seen as a designer and not just a YouTuber, right? Yeah, definitely. So I would hope that more stuff like this will come along. And obviously, I'm not just going to sit here and hope I'm going to do things to try and make them come along. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> Let's jump into the topic for today. So talking about communicating the value of design with freelance projects in particular, do you, do you, I guess, ever have that experience where perhaps a client is struggling to understand the value of your work and what you're designing for them? Or are they always pretty much on board and have a really good understanding of what the design's trying to do and what the goal of the design is and then can can thus like objectively agree or disagree with you about whether it's succeeding and reaching that goal or not? For me, these objections come not so much about the design itself, but about design in general, about the concept of hiring and paying a designer to, to solve a problem. Right, right. Um, so recently I can think of one experience where someone reached out and right from the start I could tell that they probably weren't going to be the best type of client for me. There was just something in the way they were talking like seemed a bit too casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I let, they, they told me about their project and I let them know. I was like, cool, before we go any further and before I get more details from you on this, I just want to tell you that it's likely that the estimate for this working on this type of project will be in the four-figure range. Yeah. Is this like does this fit your budget? Because if not, then um, you know maybe we should we shouldn't be working together right now. We can work together when you've got more budget for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to let them know before I wasted my time basically with all the value discovering questions. Um, and they they came back and they're like, oh, can you tell me what I'd get for that number? And I was like, oh god, like yeah, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> so that that situation in that type of situation is where I feel like it's not the best client for me to work with. Like, I don't want to have to fight to get them to pay me the amount that they should, you know? But sometimes it's a bit more subtle than that, where clients don't quite realize how much you can do for them, really. And in these situations, I've actually had some great success in uh, upselling, I guess. Though That mm-hmm. sounds a bit skeevy to say. But, no, no, no. You know, where clients come to me wanting one thing, and I've been like, cool, but, you know, if we... Like design is actually more than just like just the logo. Let's think about how it's going to be applied to this and this and, you know, take it a bit further. And that, I think, really got the client excited about the project more and excited to work with me because they saw that I was really like invested in making sure that their design was a success. And so I think that just goes to show the two different types of clients, right? Yeah. Like some who really like want to trust you as an expert and some who 
just you know think they need a design so they want to get it for as cheap as possible so what about you actually had success in upselling and showing the client how the design could be applied to other areas of the business so to speak yeah totally um which is really like encouraging that there are clients out there who do that right yeah that is really cool because I also have tried to do that uh, because quite often the briefs or the projects that I get are for a certain area of the of their business so Mm -hmm. you know I don't do branding work and uh Obviously, with branding, often that gets applied to all areas of the business, right? That kind of like goes without saying. But the stuff that I do is like we need this one thing or this one section of our business, like the app or the website or just one section of the website, for example. And I have struggled in, in my experience to... I don't know if convince is the right word. Maybe I should be using the word communicate, but to communicate to the client that there's benefit in applying that to other areas so that there's like a harmonious holistic design feel throughout their the experience of their business if you know what I mean Mm. but I don't know what like I don't know if that's me or not maybe I'm not communicating well enough to them why there's benefit in doing that because for them they only have the like tunnel vision of well this is the project we just need design in this area and so I guess it's up to me to convince them the value and the benefits of why and how that could be applied to other areas I yeah there's it's partly that but also sometimes companies just don't have the budget to expand on the project at that stage right or like true maybe they're not in charge of that thing or like that's not a thing that they need to think about right now because there's so many other things that they have to get to first so they can't really justify stopping and working on that side you know I think there's many factors and I don't think it's that you're doing a bad job of convincing them you know Um, and I'm sure that even in suggesting what what you're suggesting it uh, increases their faith in you you know and shows that you're a person who is thinking about the bigger picture and how the small piece that you're doing will fit into the rest of their stuff and I'm sure that that would instill more faith in you you know from their perspective yeah that's true what about um, struggling with communicating the value of what you do to people who aren't clients? Like, honestly, I find this happens more often than uh, clients not seeing the value is is meeting like people, like people in my life or like people you see or meet at events or whatever, uh, talking about design. So many of them seem to think that design is just, oh, you make things look good and, I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm a developer, so I'm the one who actually does the hard work yeah. sort of thing. I, yeah, I feel like I experience that more often. I have to explain to people that design isn't just making things look good. It's, it's solving problems and it's, you know, they are affected by design much more often than they think, you know, because we're designing for your interactions and for your workflow. And I don't know, is that something that you've come across as well? Yeah, not as much as some of my other freelance friends. I have a mm-hmm. couple of friends that are illustrators and they really, really struggle with getting other people to understand the value in illustration, um, yeah, I can see. which doesn't yeah. surprise me. You know, I think yeah. people who aren't in our world, if you know what I mean, just see that as like, oh, well, don't you just like draw something? It takes you like 10 minutes, right? Uh, no, it's just a pretty picture. Yeah, like, it's just... Why does it matter? Yeah. Exactly. It's just a pretty picture. And so they really struggle with communicating the value of illustration and thus also pricing it because people... well 
their clients or prospective clients often balk at the price of an illustration. So that's really hard for them, I think. And uh, I guess for me, sometimes I do experience that where, you know, people who don't understand design or are in a different industry than me just kind of don't really get why it's so important or I guess they don't know or understand all the behind the scenes stuff that goes into it and we see this a lot as designers ourselves as well you know we'll upload a pretty thing to dribble and think oh surely that took them like 10 minutes like you had in uh, your YouTube video recently you had a comment about someone saying mm. oh it only took 10 minutes like you could do this so quickly you know and, yeah, why uh, are you bothering to code it when you can just do this? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so there's always going to be people who don't get it. And I think it, it it is up to us as designers. I think we do have a responsibility to stand up for ourselves, first of all, and communicate to others that, no, there is actually so much that goes on behind the scenes in order to get to where we are at this point. There's so much drafting and refining and brainstorming and wireframing if you're doing you know, web design that you don't see at the surface, but it all goes in behind the scenes and that's what allows you to eventually create this this end result. Yeah, totally. And that can be hard to communicate without getting defensive sometimes as uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you handle it if it comes up, like when you hear a throwaway comment, I don't know about like, uh, design's just making things look pretty. Are you likely to say something? I mean, I don't mean you're like overhearing it in a cafe and you're going to butt into <laughs> someone else's conversation. I mean, if it comes up when talking to you. Yeah, I think I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think I've really been in that situation. And this is a, this is a, no, I wouldn't say this is a problem with me, but a lot of my friends are designers or are in the yeah. same industry so as me. It. So they yeah. get it. So it's not often that I'm in a situation where I'm with someone who doesn't get it. But uh, I can imagine that if I was in that situation, I mean, I'm not going to sit down and give them a 30 minute lecture, but I can imagine that I would defend it a little bit. You know, I, I would be like, oh, well, you know, there's there's actually a lot more to just making something look pretty. And thinking about it now, I'm pretty sure I've had these conversations, you know, somewhat at a shallow level with my mum who, you know, she's not a designer at all. And obviously she's interested in what the heck her daughter does. And so to her, you know, I, I have explained in the past and sometimes it does come up in conversation like, you know, mum, it is more than just making stuff look pretty, you know, like you kind of have to explain it a little bit because they're just not really in that world. Yeah. And I love when you can take the time to explain it to someone and they get it as well. That's always a really good feeling. And I always feel like I like did my bit for the design industry that day. Yeah, totally. And that empowers the rest of us, right? If you can help communicate the value of design to one person that didn't get it before, then that's great for our industry, I think. Definitely. So going back to clients and communicating the value to them, there is that line, right, where, you, where a client's just not getting it and you have to decide are they a bad client or do they just need like a little bit of information to educate them and then they're going mm -hmm. to be on board? It can be really hard to tell, right? Yeah, I try to avoid that situation as much as possible. And the way that I avoid that happening is just by really communicating. So just over communicating everything and making it really clear why I've chosen to do this and the decision making behind things. So say I'm sending 
my work, you know, where I've gotten up to, to a client for sort of a revision, a feedback session or whatever, I don't just send them the file with no extra other context and be like, here, take a look at this and let me know what you think. Thanks. Bye. Uh, because I know that that's not, that's not doing me any favors. I think there's a real opportunity for me there to sort of set the stage and encourage them to, you know, think about these kind of things when you're looking at it and what kind of questions do you have when you're looking at it and kind of set the stage for what they should be thinking about while they're reviewing it. And not only that, but also provide a little bit of context to why I've done what I've done. Like, oh, well, I've put this here because of this reason or I've chosen this because of this reason and sort of show and demonstrate a little bit the design thinking behind the design to sort of help communicate why I've done what I've done. And I think that eliminates the possibility for the client to just not get it. I like that. And I think that could be applied at the start of a project as well to as a filtering stage, I guess. So maybe when a client first contacts you um, or a lot of people, you know, have that the process page that we've talked about before, which I don't have, but um, I need to make <laughs> one. Um, you know, they can read that and hear about the design process and what you what actually goes into it. And that's sort of like a filter where you're giving them the information up front, telling them about the value of design and how it works. And so if they don't get it after that, maybe they're not the right person to work with. Like this client that I said who, um, you know, was like, oh, four figures, you know, that seems like a lot. What would I even get for that? I went back to when I explained like the process and what goes into, I think it was um, a web, like interactive design. He wanted like a a mock-up designed of an app or something like that. And so I talked about what went into like the research and the planning and the wireframing and the designing and the prototyping and how all this takes time and we're going to get you, you know, a really good result, get to know your target audience, etc. And he still wasn't getting it. And I was like, okay, I'm done then, you know, Um, I've tried, I feel like I've communicated in, in a way that gets across the value. So if you're still not getting it, then I think that you're not my problem. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. There might be a bad attitude, but I don't know. I just think that there's so many people out there who are ready and willing to work with you and who do like respect you because that's what it is. It's about respect, right? Mm -hmm. And trust. There are people who, yeah, there are people who have respect for your process and for your profession. And I'd much rather work with them than try and convince this guy who's not getting it that he should pay me when I hadn't even told him the full amount yet, you know, ugh. (laughs) is that how you feel about it yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah but that's sort of why I have my process and I have sort of like an info packet getting started guide thing available on my website because I use it as a filter really Uh, because if clients see that or and read that and digest it and are already thinking "Mm, no this isn't like I just want her to make something you know why is there all this whole process behind it I just want to pay 500 bucks for a logo whatever then already I can discount uh, discount them is that the right word Uh, without having to put any real effort into it so it sort of acts as that filter and then the clients who do read my process and do read my getting started guide maybe they've had a look at some of the case studies on my site and if they've they sort of have to go through that process I sort of make them go through that first before even really being able to contact me about a project so that way I know when I get a client inquiry it's serious so to speak because I know that they've already had to read my process had to see the info packet and they're 
they're okay with that and sort of ready to take the next step. And so it's kind of a nice filter system, I suppose, to make sure that I only get quote unquote serious client inquiries that respect my process and uh, trust that I can do a good job. Yeah, I really like that. And getting into freelancing is something I want to do more of now that I'm able, like, well, I'm feeling much more comfortable about coding websites. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking about wanting to get into designing websites as a freelance thing, which nice. is not something that I've really done before. Yeah. So I think I need to be getting my butt into gear and making a <laughs> process page and things as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's no harm in doing it. I think having a process page is only a benefit, really. I yep. have never, like, I've never had a negative experience or comment or interaction with someone from having a process page up there totally if anything only help yeah I think if anything it just helps communicate what you do why you do it and most importantly why it's valuable and I've recommended this to my illustrator friends actually to bring them up again because they don't have anything about their process or any behind the scenes or anything so all you sort of see on their site is like the finished quote unquote picture it's not a picture but a lot of people look at it as like a picture right or a drawing and I think that is one of a big reason why people struggle to understand the value of illustration because they just see this final drawing so to speak and so for illustration in particular I think there's a lot of value in showing the behind the scenes and the iteration and the sketching and the refinement and you know you work with textures, you work with color palettes, you work with style. Like there's so much that goes into an illustration. And I think there's a lot of value in showing that process there. Yeah, definitely. And that could probably apply to many, many different industries, right? Oh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm just thinking using about illustration as, a, as an example. Yeah. I'm thinking about copywriters who I've worked with and, you know, they just write like a sentence And I'm like, cool, thanks. And then you understand when you work closely with them, what goes into that writing that one sentence, you know, is distilling a lot of information and like making sure you hit these keywords, making sure this target audience is going to react well to it. Mm -hmm. There's just, there's always more to it than you think with these sorts of creative jobs, because it is our job to make things look simple and effortless, right? Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to look at a piece of design or an illustration or whatever and think, oh man, that person must have spent a lot of time on that because then you're not thinking about the message or whatever else you're trying to convey with the design, you know? Yeah. You want the actual process to get out the way in the end product. But unfortunately for us, that does mean often that people don't understand the process and what goes into it. So when you're delivering a design or sending a design concept or whatever off to a client, do you add any extra context to sort of communicate the design decisions behind it? Or do you just sort of send it off and and leave it up to the client? No, always, always communicate things to do with it. I tend to present designs in a PDF. Uh So they're seeing them with like a block of copy at the side where I'm talking about like what this direction is and, um, you know, some of the decisions that I made. For the most part, we've already talked at the start and, you know, gone through a lot of the details. And so I'm always fairly sure that I'm on the right track. But yeah, communicating those those little details, especially when it's something that perhaps we talked about as something they wanted at the start and I tried it and discovered that it really doesn't work, uh, yeah. I'll definitely make sure to communicate that and explain why and then show what I've done instead. Yeah, I think that is a huge important point, actually. If if the client had something in mind that they like really wanted you to try and you've tried it and it doesn't work, I think it's still important to show it, right? And yeah. communicate to them 
why it didn't work as opposed to just being like, oh yeah, it didn't work. So instead I made this thing. I think they're still going to be hung up on that original idea. Yeah. But the more you can explain to them that you did take it on board, because, you mm-hmm. know, they want to feel involved in the process of making their thing. If you explain to them you took it on board, but then, you know, went another direction. We had a, actually, we had a tweet that I want to bring in that sort of relates to this. Because um, as per usual, we tweeted from our Twitter account at FM talking about the value of design and asking how people communicate it. And Steve said something interesting. He said, it depends on the client. Some want you to be a pair of hands and some trust you're the expert. And likewise with your employers, but it takes time. And this is true. And this is, you know, different types of clients. Again, some have a very clear idea of what they want and they just want you to make it for them. And some want the best result and they want to trust you as the expert to make it happen for them. And I don't know about you, but I definitely know which type of client I'd rather work with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and especially like what Steve said about with your employers as well. I can imagine with you, Charlie, you don't, all the work that you do at ConvertKit, I mean, are you putting those into presentations and explaining every single design decision behind everything? Nope. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's just a different, different con- like a different environment, different context, right? Like I think when you're working with a client, there's a lot more reason, I suppose, to communicate and explain your design decisions as opposed to you know when you're an employee somewhere. There are definitely times though as an employee where you need to... Um, do that as well especially if Mm -hmm. like for example the last company I worked at the CEO was very invested like in the design and I think also because we're in the same office you know he wanted to share his thoughts and had a clear vision of like how this page should be or something like that and so that's sort of like working with a client who already has an idea in mind right because he's a CEO so technically he's the client yeah and so that then there was work involved in you know making going through my own process and taking that into consideration and then explaining, you know, why I went off in a different direction mm-hmm. if it did. But generally that wasn't done through a PDF presentation. It was done through like literally sitting there and talking it through because we we're in the same office. So that was possible. Yeah. No, that that's cool. Yeah, I think it does differ a little bit depending on the situation that you're in. What about, um, I don't know if you've had this because you work for a company that makes a design tool. So I'm assuming everyone in the company <laughs> understands the value of design but I've had it in in the past uh in my in-house jobs needing to communicate the value of design and make sure that there's enough time to allow for the design process to happen in a project for example or to make it it's you know the best that it can be because Mm -hmm. sometimes things get too far down the track and then you come in as a designer too late in the process and so you're kind of stuck just like putting a coat of paint on something rather than being able to really think through the problem and make sure that the solution that we've come up with is the right one. Instead, you're starting with the solution, which is never a great place right. to be in for the design process. I don't know if you've ever had that at, at work, having to communicate the value in that way. Yeah, I mean, I do work at a design tool. We create design software. So there obviously is a general understanding that design is valuable and so I don't really have to do any job convincing anyone in my team that there's value in design but that doesn't necessarily mean that we get months to mess around in a design process and be able to take forever (laughs) to explore our design ideas just because design is valuable you know we still have strict like okay well this needs to be done by then or 
Um, maybe we need to drop the scope of this so that we can still get it out. And we still obviously need to work with engineers. Like they're not just sitting around waiting and gifting the designers as much time as they like to create something you know, amazing. So there's still a little bit of, you know, pressure there in our process. It's not just like, because we're a design tool, we get complete freedom to design whatever we want internally. Yeah, totally. Because that would, I feel like in that case, it's less design and more art when you're just taking your time with it and there's no particular rush. And, you know, I feel like with design, there's always a purpose and a point and there's always a deadline to meet. So yeah, that makes sense. I like what Eric said, and he says that he points out that literally everything that the client sees and uses has gone through the hands of a designer of some kind and at some point in the process. And I really like this because I do think that's true. I think often we see things and forget that, you know, there was a lot that went into the behind the scenes and into the process and that it might not have even gone through one designer's hand, but many designers' hands. And so I, I like what Eric says about pointing out, you know, every little thing that kind of went went in behind it because I think that does help to communicate overall and, and improve, I suppose, the value of that piece of design. Yeah, I like making a comparison to Apple products when I'm talking about design because mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that every non-designer knows is well designed you know yeah it's it's pretty much a global truth yeah well yeah I think that Owen might disagree with us there now <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Fem's boyfriend by the way and he he shares a lot of opinions about tech on Twitter <laughs> yes too many opinions <laughs> but I, I like to make this comparison that you know when you open up a MacBook package and it's got that nice, the box comes away nicely, it's all arranged beautifully in this custom-made packaging, and you open the computer up and it's just smooth and glossy, and, you know, the touchpad's nice to use, the keyboard's nice to type with, and it just feels like it works straight out of the box, you don't have to do a whole lot with it. That's good design, right? And people can understand that. And so then I, you know, going over to web design, you want your site to, you know, look comfortable when you first land on it you want it to be easy to navigate around and you know you want people to find the information that they're looking for quickly and without any hassles and you want it to be a good reading experience when they do find it and all these things don't just happen you have to be the one to take the time and put the care and attention into making them happen yeah I really like that and I like how that highlights that it's not just about the visual but it's also about the experience yeah, exactly. Because that's, I think, the hardest thing for people to understand is that you're designing the experience, not just what it looks like. Yeah. But once they get that, it's very quick to get them on board because that is that hidden thing, you know, that you don't really think about because it's been designed so well. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that is a common, I don't know if I want to use the word misconception, but a lot of people assume that design is purely visual. And you and I know that it's not necessarily always the case. We've talked a lot about design being about problem solving. And while visuals help to communicate the solution, there's a lot that we do that isn't visual too. That's about creating the experience and how the the user flows through the whole thing and where they go and what they do. And eventually that does come out in a tangible way which is visual design but there's a lot that isn't visual as well and that can sometimes also be the hard part to communicate because at the surface level people just see the visual stuff and don't see the experience stuff that's gone in the the layer beneath that I just thought of another analogy for this part can I share that yes yes I'm all for my analogies today it's like building a house right 
the house has the architect has to design the house itself first and like where the hallway is going to be how big is this room going to be what's the slant of the roof going to look like so that water doesn't pool on it or whatever Mm -hmm. that's like designing the experience and then on top of that is when you decide what color walls are going to be and like where you're going to hang the pictures yep totally people seem to think that that's designed that last stage whereas actually there's no point in putting a nice color paint on the wall if the house isn't built right to start with yep so true and I think that's our job as designers to always like communicate that and keep that message loud and clear because I think that often gets not unheard but it's not as loud I suppose as yeah it's easy to miss because it is beneath the surface yeah yeah totally good analogy I like this thank you (laughs) I love my analogies today that seems like a good note to end on I guess is there any last thoughts you want to share I don't think so what about you I don't think so either well maybe just that if you are a designer who's struggling with you know get having people say to you that designers just making things look good or clients aren't quite getting it then take a look at how you're describing design and how you're explaining it and make sure that you're championing its value I suppose in yourself and fight the good fight really nice I like it So where can people go to find more episodes of this here podcast? You can go to designlife.fm and you'll find all of our previous shows there. You'll also be able to subscribe to our newsletter and we send that out every week with the latest episode. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we would greatly like to have you there. We're at designlife.fm and you can join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on the topics that we discuss. Yeah, and if there's something that you'd like us to talk about on the show, then just send us a tweet and we will add it to our list. Good chat, fam. See you next week. Bye. Bye.